Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Take your Bibles this morning and turn to Isaiah chapter 26. I'm just going to be a few minutes today. I'm not going to speak long, but I'm going to talk to you about what happens when all hell breaks loose in your life. How do we respond? How do we react when all hell breaks loose in our lives? I'm sure most of you can identify with that statement. Most of you watching online can identify with that statement, regardless of where you live in America or around the world. Our world is in a very, very difficult time and troublesome time. And without a doubt, Satan is ruling and reigning in a powerful way, and all hell is, in fact, breaking loose around the world. We can talk about things that are happening not only in our community, but around the nation and around the world. You may not be aware, but uh, yesterday morning, one of our local churches, Freedom Church, one of our sister churches, uh, an arsonist tried to set it on fire. Fortunately, the damage was very minimal. They were contained everything in their meeting this morning. So pray for Pastor Larry and, and Freedom Church and ask God just to bless them and help them through this difficult time. Another friend of mine down on South Monroe had their business uh, broken into and vandalized and a lot of things stolen. So let's pray for the city of Tallahassee. We know we're living in difficult times and all hell really is breaking loose. Now please understand, friend, we fully believe and support in peaceful protest. Yvonne and I were at the Capitol on Tuesday. We talked to many of the protesters. We'll be down there again today, rubbing shoulders with them, talking to them, praying for them if they allow it. We fully believe that's a First Amendment right. But at the same time, we don't believe we have the right to destroy other property, to loot, to bring damage and destruction. So we know uh, hell is breaking loose across America. Someone said, it's because of the injustices. Yes, there are injustices in our society. That's a simple fact. They've been there for years. They will continue to be there in years ahead. Injustice really is part of man's heart, and that's the problem. The problem is you and I don't see equality as God sees equality. And because of that, really, as long as man has been around, there has been injustices happening. I mean, think back to the very beginning. Cain killed Abel out of hatred and anger, and injustice occurred. And it's continued as a part of the fabric of humanity from that time to now. When I think back about uh, my native heritage, being an American Indian, realize over 40 million Indians have been killed in America since its colonization. That's a lot of folks. And injustice occurred. And injustice has occurred to the blacks in our society today and still is occurring. And we need to acknowledge that and be aware of it. However, we also need to acknowledge and be aware of the fact that woven into the injustice is a problem in the heart of mankind. Not just one color of mankind, but all mankind. For we understand that the problem is sin. The issue is sin. Satan is a divider. He wants nothing more than to bring division and strife and turmoil between people in any way, any form, he can bring it. Whether it's based on color, whether it's based on culture or language, it doesn't matter. Any difference he wants to highlight and then use it as a source of division. You and I in the church today have to understand our responsibility. Our responsibility is not to feed into the division, but to stand as a barrier, a wall, a bridge against the division. 
We have to be there as a voice that is strong and clear and powerful, reminding everyone that Jesus didn't just die for one particular color, one particular culture, one particular ethnicity, but John 3.16 says he died for the world. And that's all humanity, every man, woman, boy, and girl. So when we find ourselves in these places of injustice, something happens within us. We begin to feel an agitation in our spirit. And when we're agitated in our spirit and the peace of God escapes us, it's in those moments of time that our actions turn from simple agitation to violence, to prejudice, to other ways being displayed around us and to those around us in our lives. We understand that when an outside force tries to steal our peace, it always brings agitation into our hearts and into our lives. That's why Isaiah 26.3 is so vital and so important as we walk through this time, particularly as those who claim to be children of God, those who claim to know the Prince of Peace, whose name is Jesus Christ. See, Isaiah wrote it this way, and he wrote during a very troubled time in the nation of Israel as well. He wrote these words, verse 3, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Several things I want to point out there. First, when you look at the word keep from the original language, from the Hebrew, it literally means to guard, to protect, to, to surround. So when you read that passage, Isaiah is saying that God is going to guard your peace. He's going to protect your peace. He's going to surround your heart and your life so that the things happening out there, that outside force that causes agitation can no longer penetrate and bring those demonstrations that are not godly in your heart and in your life. So the Lord wants to guard your life, protect your life, preserve your life, surround your life with the peace of the living God. Now, I don't know about you, but that should be an encouragement to some of us here today. We should understand that God has already spoken to this issue. He's already made clear his will and his desire. God sees all men as equal. The cross is equal ground for everyone. He doesn't see color. God didn't create us to be black or white. He created us as humanity. And we're all one race. And because of that, God can say to every one of us who name his name as Lord and Savior, I'm going to guard your peace. I'm going to protect your peace. I'm going to surround your heart. I'm going to preserve what I've already placed in you. That should be hope to some of us here today. Don't be confused. Don't be worried. Don't be troubled. Can I say it this way? If you'd spend more time in the Word of God than you do on Facebook or listen to the CNN, you'd have a lot more peace. You'd be a lot more uh, confident of what God is doing and will do and has promised to do in your heart and in your life. As believers, we become agitated in our spirit when we lose focus on who God is and what God has promised. Thank you, Glenn Burns, for that great message Wednesday night that challenged us to focus on the truth. And then when we focus on the truth, find ways to put that truth in action in our daily lives. That's exactly what God wants us to do. He wants to focus on who He is, what He has spoken, what He has declared, and then put those truths in action in our daily lives. You know, as believers, we talk a lot about prayer because prayer is very important to us. Prayer is actually our channel of communication with the Father. 
We talk to him through prayer. He speaks back to us in our spirit. It's the way we communicate with God. Not long ago, I heard a person say, it's time to stop praying and start acting. Well, may I tell you, when we stop praying and start acting, then we're acting from a place of agitation rather than from a place of peace. You see, when we cover it in prayer, when we clothe ourselves in prayer, when we bathe our situation in prayer, when we lift our city before the Lord in prayer and pray for our state and our nation and our world, then we are putting ourselves in the place where we hear the voice of God and we respond according to the character of God. But anytime we step away from that avenue of prayer and we begin just acting, then we're acting from an outside influence. We're acting from what we hear on the, through the media, what we read on social media. We're acting from the injustices that are going on in our society rather than from the position that God has already placed us, and that's a position of peace. So can I challenge you today to allow God to move in your life and to once again guard your heart Protect your peace. Preserve what is already placed in your spirit by the coming of his son. You could say amen. It probably wouldn't hurt you. Amen. So be it. You know that's what that means, right? We don't say amen just to encourage a preacher. We say amen because we're agreeing with what's being stated. It means so be it. Let it come to pass. Let it occur in my heart and in my life. So when I say he's going to guard, protect, preserve my peace, I'm going to say amen. Let it be, Lord. Do that in my life today. Let it come to pass in me. Don't let me be agitated by outside influences, but let me be driven by the spirit of peace who is Jesus Christ. He said, I will keep you in perfect peace, in perfect peace. And when you and I as believers live in that place of perfect peace, you know what happens? Come here, Chris. Come here, Dr. D. Come here, Andrea. Come here, Cal. I just want some folks off the front row right quick. When we live in that place of peace, this is what happens. I want you all to stand shoulder to shoulder with me. Shoulder to shoulder, as close as you can be, and with each other. I know we're not social distancing. Don't throw me under the bus. All right? It's okay. We're going to survive this. Somebody needs to say amen to that, too. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of sick of that whole mess. When we stand shoulder to shoulder, we present a front that the enemy cannot penetrate. There is no crack. There is no division. There is no place for him to slip in. There is no place for him to steal, kill, and destroy because he cannot come against a solid, unified front. Oh, come on. The Bible said three cords are better than two or one because when they're woven together, they are stronger than one standing by himself. This is the position of the church of Jesus Christ. Now I want you to look at this lineup. We have every ethnicity represented here. We need to understand that's who the church is. That's what God wants us to show the world. We are not white. We are not black. We are not brown. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are standing in unity, declaring that the enemy cannot overcome us. Please be seated. Thank you so much. Remember that. Get that picture in your mind. When we stand shoulder to shoulder as the church, the enemy can't separate us. He can't divide us. He can't destroy us. He can't use the outside influence of lies to bring us, draw us apart and to break us apart. We have to understand that, yes, the world is controlled by an evil force whose name is Satan. The world is racing, hell-bound for destruction. But we understand that God has put us in a position of peace. He is going to guard our peace. 
And when he guards our peace, we can walk into any circumstance. Someone said to me, well, weren't you a little bit worried about taking your wife in all of those demonstrators? Not at all. Why? Because God guards us in his peace. He watches over us. He protects us. Last night, I got a call about 830. We had about 100 kids up here at the church all lining up in front of the glass doors. So I hopped in the pickup, drove up here. When I rolled up, there probably was 100 of them. And they were all 12 to 14, 15 years old, young kids. So I started rolling down the line with them, window down, just talking to them, smiling at them, encouraging them, making them sure they were okay. And then I saw a face that I recognized. I stopped and I said, I know you. Big old smile broke over that young man's face. He stuck out his hand. I shook his hand. Anything that would have been in any way controversial was at that moment diffused. Why? Because I understood I live in a place of peace. I don't need to bring conflict. I don't have to get in somebody's face. But if I live in peace, then I become an ambassador of peace. And that peace transcends from me to those I deal with as well. Oh, come on, folks. Don't let an outside influence bring agitation to your spirit when God has already said, I will guard you. I will protect you. I will preserve the peace that I planted in your life through my son, Jesus Christ. Live in a position of peace. That's what the scripture says. Whose mind is stayed or focused on you, Isaiah says. So when we don't know what to do, when we are upset, we go back to our focus. Glenn brought it out very clear on Wednesday night. When we focus on the truth of the word, when we focus on who Jesus is, when we focus on what he has promised, then we see life through a whole nother lens. Then we understand that God is grieved with what's happening in our society. God does not, does not like the injustices that are going on around us. God is not happy with the wars that are raging between ethnicities and classes and cultures. That does not please the Father. And if it doesn't please the Father, it shouldn't make you happy either. It should grieve you just as it grieves Him. When all hell breaks loose in your life, renew your focus. Renew your vision. Who are you looking at? What are you focusing on? Who are you listening to? And renew your focus on the Word of God. Jesus said it very clearly, in this world you will have trouble. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So when I wonder how we're going to get through this, I'll go back and remind myself of the words of Christ. I remind myself that he said, peace I leave with you, peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. I remind myself that through the apostle Peter, the Holy Spirit said, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. I remind myself that God is no respecter of persons. He's not a man that he should lie. That God loves every one of us equally and the same. That Jesus died for every person under the sound of my voice and around the world. He didn't die just for a few. He died for all. That all may know him. That none should perish. John chapter 3 verse 17 says. So we need to understand that when we renew our focus, we come back to center our lives on the word of God and the promises of God. It helps us to build a barrier in our lives against the hatred, against the anger, against the prejudice that's going on around us. Now, to, do people have a right to be angry over prejudices, over injustices? Absolutely, we have a right to be angry over it. But we become angry with a righteous anger. 
an anger that motivates us not to strike out at another individual, but an anger that recognizes our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, an anger that forces us to the place where we call on the name of the Father and ask Him to come and make a difference in our lives and make a difference in our societies. Folks, do you hear me this morning? Until you and I get out of the place where we're agitated in our spirit by an outside force, we'll never live in peace and we'll never renew our focus. And if we don't do those two things, all hell will continue to break loose in our lives. This is the message the world needs to hear. And it doesn't matter what color your skin is, the world needs to hear it. Whether you're black or brown or white or pink or purple, it doesn't matter. Everyone needs to understand the only way to quiet the Spirit is through the peace of Jesus Christ. And when the peace of Jesus Christ quiets our spirit, then we can renew our focus and our vision upon the truth of God's Word. And the truth of God's Word then guides us and directs us in our responses and in our actions. You know, last night I could have rolled up here all angry and mad and hateful. I could have demanded those kids leave the property. What would that have done? It would have caused a huge conflict, caused a huge problem. I'd have been calling the cops to come and haul them away and to drive them off. But it wasn't necessary. Folks, do you hear what I'm saying? If you will allow God's peace to protect, to guard, to preserve your hearts, He'll renew your vision so your actions then flow out of that renewed vision and flow out of that peace. Oh, come on, hear me today, church. We need to understand it's time for you and I to change our behavior. And when we change our behavior, then we change our world. But until we change our behavior, we will never change our world. And we'll never change our behavior until we change our focus. What are we focusing on? The only thing that can truly touch and change the heart of man is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing else will do. We live in a society that is mirrored by Isaiah chapter 59. Isaiah declared in Isaiah chapter 59 verse 9, Justice is far from us, nor does righteousness overtake us. We look for light, but there is darkness, for brightness, but we walk in blackness. I can't think of a fit more fitting description of America today than Isaiah 59, 9. There is injustice all around us. There is darkness all around us. We look for light, but all we see is darkness and hopelessness surrounding us. We are so far from justice. So far from justice. But may I tell you, the incidents of the last couple of weeks that have caused the protests and the rioting and the looting have been inerrant in our society for years and years and years and years. This isn't something new. This injustice didn't just crop up with the death of George Floyd. It's been there for years. It's been a part of the fabric of our culture for years. And the only way to correct it, to correct it is to pursue righteousness so that the Lord, our mighty God, can take the hate, the evil, the anger out of our hearts toward one another and replace it with his peace. Somebody ought to say amen a little louder that time. Replace it with his peace. Replace it with his love until man's heart is changed. We will only see the injustices happening around us. And we will see each one as though it's a new incident, a brand new thing. It's not new. 
going on for centuries, for generations across the world. Do you realize that in Africa, there have been civil wars between tribes for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years? They all have black skin, but they're not the same tribe, and as a result, it caused division and a war. Among Native Americans, American Indians, long before the Europeans ever came to America, we were fighting with one another, killing each other from a different tribe, enslaving those from another tribe taking them and doing vile, horrible things. That's a part of the Native American culture. Many don't want to admit it, but it's absolutely true. Matter of fact, if you go to the West, you can find evidence of tribes that no longer exist. Once they were thriving, once they were vital, once they were alive. But because of war between tribes, they were wiped out. They no longer exist. What am I telling you? I'm telling you, folks, this is not a black or white issue. It's a heart issue. It deals with the condition of man. It's existed long before the, the colonists brought slavery into the United States of America. We need to wake up and deal with the true issue. Is it an injustice? Absolutely, it's an injustice. Absolutely, we stand against it. But we don't stand against it with some kind of rose-colored glasses on, thinking that if we protest, it's all going to change. i got news for you. People have protested for generations and for centuries, and change did not occur. Why? Because the heart of man never changed. The heart of man was never transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. So when we go down this afternoon, we walk among the protesters, I'm going to do so with a smile on my face. My hand will be extended to shake every hand that wants to shake mine. I'll offer to pray for every person that desires to be prayed for. And if I receive a little backlash, I'm not going to come back against them. I'm going to keep smiling, keep walking, keep living in peace. Folks, can I tell you something? I'm 62 years old. We've been here six and a half years. In the previous years of my life, prior to coming to Tallahassee, I had never dealt with the racism and the prejudice like I've dealt with here. I'm the pastor of this church. Yet I've been called everything but a nice guy in this church. Curse words that would turn the air blue towards me. I had a guy come in the office one day, and when I wouldn't do what he wanted to do, he spit on me. And then when I followed him out to the parking lot, he screamed at the top of his lungs, I'm going to shoot you, just like they shot that reporter. You remember the story a few years ago. Again and again and again, it's happened. What did I do to deserve it? Nothing. I'm just not the right color doing what they want to do. You see, this is an issue that is so deep in this culture and in this society. I was blown away. Absolutely blown away. It's time for the heart of man to change. And until the heart of man changes, there will be no enduring, long-lasting permanent change in our culture. Say what you want to say, but when we see all hell breaking loose around us, where does the blame lie? Does it lie with protesters? Does it lie with the police? Does it lie with our government officials? No, the blame lies right at our door, church, because we have failed to do our job. We've been content sitting in a sanctuary patting ourselves on the back because we were here and our bills were paid and everything was copacetic because we bought the lie of the prosperity gospel and it taught us to think only about ourselves. 
and we ignored our communities. We've closed our eyes to the plight. You know, last night I was standing here and all those kids were out in front and I'm thinking, God, what can we do? There's a hundred kids here who need Jesus. What can we do to reach them? You know we're looking for a youth pastor. Maybe you're that candidate that's watching this morning. I don't know. God's spoken to you. You need to contact me. I was thinking, God, what are we going to do? And he said, I'm going to bring you a person who's going to have the ability to rally these kids together and not just have a party and show them a good time, but open the Word of God and teach them about the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who's able to transform their lives. Folks, do you hear me? If we don't reach them when they're 12, we're not going to reach them when they're 30. If we don't reach them when they're 12, we're not going to reach them when they're 50. This is our time. This is our day. Yes, all hell is breaking loose around us. But don't sit there wringing your hands, wondering what's going to happen. But rather, rise up, live in peace, renew your vision and your focus, and act as God wants us to act. Flow through what God wants us to do. We look around us, and Isaiah said it in verses 11, 14, and 15 in chapter 59. We look for justice, but there is none. Justice is turned back. Truth has fallen in the streets. Does that describe America or what? Does that describe the world or what? There's no better synopsis, no better description than what Isaiah penned thousands of years ago about this society. And in order to bring justice back to our nation and bring justice across every ethnicity, we as the church have got to begin to speak out, step up, and put the love of God into action. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 13. I want to walk through this scripture with you. I know we only read these scriptures at weddings. It's a travesty. It's not right. Because Paul is telling us what the church looks like in this passage. He's telling us how we should live in this passage. See, if the love of God has really invaded your life, then you should show the love of God to those around you. Look at verse 4. Paul says, love suffers long. But that means it means it never gives up. It never gives up. We look at the situation around us today, and we think it's hopeless. There is no point. It's never going to end. But the love of God in your heart never gives up. Never gives up. Says it is kind. Love does not easily envy. In other words, it thinks more of others than it thinks of itself, which is absolutely contrary to the gospel that's been preached in the Western world for the last 30 years. It's all about me and what I can get from coming to Jesus Christ. No, it's not all about you. And it's not all about what you can get. It's about Him and what He wants to do in you and through you to touch your world. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. The message said it doesn't have a swelled head. It doesn't have a swelled head. It doesn't force itself on others. Love doesn't behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. Love doesn't think of me first. Love isn't one that flies off the handle. It doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Folks, this is the love of Jesus. Now, I know Everything the media tells you is the exact opposite of what Paul describes as the love of God. Now, you and I as believers are supposed to act. See, when you read the first few verses of that scripture, he's talking about how we act in church. 
And then he goes on to say, but if you don't live this kind of love, all of that is of no value. You're but a sounding gong and deepling symbol. There is no depth, no substance, no spiritual value in your life. He said, it does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Love never fails. See, that's the love that when we allow God to protect and guard our heart with His peace, when we renew our vision on His truth and His will for our lives, then this love begins to flow through us. Then we can calm difficult, intense circumstances because the love of God is flowing through us. We're not there with a gun or a baton or a rubber bullet or tear gas, but we're there with the peace of Jesus Christ and the love of God flowing through our lives. And when we live that way, it makes a difference in those we encounter and those that we come in contact with. It makes a difference in their response to us. So church, we speak out against injustice. We don't tolerate it. We don't put up with it. We don't turn a blind eye to it. We don't act as though it's not my problem because it is my problem. It is. You know, I fought my entire life to break the evil, demonic hold of prejudice and racism over the church of Jesus Christ and in America. Fought my entire life to see that broken down because it is nothing but demonic and ungodly and has its root in the pit of hell. It must be broken. How do we break it? We break it by praying. We break it by using the weapons God has given to us. We break it by pulling down principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places and every thought that raises itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul said. We break it by allowing him to protect our peace. We break it by renewing our vision on his word, and we break it by living out his love. A couple of Wednesday nights ago, I challenged you, not only in the room, but you watching online, to take definitive steps to show the love of Jesus Christ to somebody who doesn't look like you. Make friends with someone from another culture ethnicity. Take them to lunch. Invite them to your home. Let them become a part of your life and you become a part of their life. That's the way we break down the walls. Parents around the kitchen table, you talk to your kids about what right and wrong really is. You talk to them about what the love of Jesus really is. You don't teach them to hate. You don't teach them to be afraid. You teach them about the peace of God. The love of Jesus flowing through their hearts. That's why I can say to you today, I don't have a prejudice bone in my body. Our last three daughters were married in the last year. Katie. Katie married Charles Adoki. I should have put some pictures up this morning. Charles is a six foot three African-American. His parents came from Nigeria. He's the biggest teddy bear I've ever met. I probably love him more than I do Katie some days. Hope you're watching, Kate. Candace married Andre Smith, the chief petty officer in the U.S. Navy. Andre loves her, treats her like a queen. It's an amazing. Andre's an African-American man as well. And Courtney married Eddie Lopez, 
His origins are from Honduras. His mother is first generation in the U.S. See, folks, when we really live in peace, renew our vision, show the love of God, these things are going to happen. People are going to be drawn to us and drawn to our offspring because we have displayed that. We've taught them. Color makes no difference. It's not about the color of your skin, Dr. D. It's about the content of your heart. So what's in here? Church, it's time to focus again that we have been too occupied with what we see rather than what we know. The things we see are temporal. The things we know are eternal. Yes, injustice is wrong. Yes, we stand against it. Yes, it's the responsibility of every born-again believer to show the world how we should live by treating each other God's way, the right way, the way it should be done. Can I challenge you this week to find ways to openly display your peace, your vision, and your love, all which flow from the Father. Bow your heads with me. I just looked at the clock. I said it wasn't going to be long, and here, 35 minutes later, we're wrapping it up. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to tell you a story. If you're in this room this morning, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Your heart has never been changed. You're filled with anger. You're filled with hatred. You're filled with rage. And all you want to do is strike out those around you. Maybe you're online and I just described you, or maybe you're listening to the radio right now and I just read your mail. That's you. God wants to change you. Jesus died to transform you. He died to take that hatred and that evil and that anger out of your heart and replace it with His peace, His love, and His joy. So if you're in the room or you're watching online or driving down the road, that's you. I need you to make some kind of response to God. If you're in the room, slip up your hand. If you're watching online, grab the hand of that person sitting next to you. If no one's there and you're alone in the room, then slip that hand up and say, that's me, preacher. I know I can't see you, but it doesn't matter whether I can or not, God does. And when you make that response, that move towards Him, He rushes into you. He's no longer distant from you or far away from you, but He is right beside you. So across the room this morning, if that's you, you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Slip up your hand, I wanna pray for you. If you're watching online, I'm going to pray for you. If you're driving down the road, I'm going to pray for you. Yes, sir. Is there anyone else? You'll say, that's me. I want the anger, the evil, the hatred out of my heart. I want Jesus to touch me and change me. Is there another? Yes, ma'am. Anyone else? There's no judgment. There's no condemnation. Every one of us have been in this place at one time or another. You didn't want to know me before I accepted the Lord. I was a mean, rotten individual, full of anger and hatred. But the Lord transformed me and changed me. Anyone else is await just a moment. Slip up that hand. Those of you online, slip up that hand. Those of you listening on the radio, respond to God. Father, now I pray for these individuals, both in my presence and those who are distanced from us by space those who are watching online, those who are driving down the highway right now, or through the city streets, I pray for them. And I pray that Jesus Christ 
would come to them. And as they confess their sin, that you would flow into their life and forgive them of that sin. Lord, we know that when we ask you to come into our lives and forgive us, you begin a work of transformation that continues the remainder of our life. So begin that work today. Take out the evil, take out the hatred, take out the anger. Forgive them, cleanse them, and make them a new person today. Because the scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. So if you prayed with me this morning as I prayed for you, God has done a work in the depth of your life and He started a work of transformation, of forgiving you, of taking away that hatred, that evil, that anger, and replacing it with His peace. And right now, He's deposited the peace of Jesus Christ deep into your heart. So let Him guard it. Let Him protect it. Let Him watch over it so that your vision changes every day and so that you live in the love of Jesus every day. Stand to your feet with me. Father, we thank you so much for the truth of your word. We thank you that it never changes and it never fails. We thank you that the blood of Jesus Christ and his gospel is effective in every nation, every culture, every ethnicity known on the face of this planet. That anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, the Bible says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So do that work of salvation across the globe this morning. Do the work of changing hearts across the globe this morning. I pray these things in the name that's above every name, in Jesus' name, amen. I encourage you to join us at 3.30 at the Capitol. Join us for the prayer walk. Prayer does change things. I don't care what my friend said. He's wrong. The Bible's right. Prayer does change things. Most of all, it changes you and me. Come filled with the love of God and the peace of God, and let's make a difference in Tallahassee. Amen? God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. Stop by the tables and be sure and greet our graduates. Show them your congratulations. Let them know you love them and you're praying for them. God bless you. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 1030 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.